Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid." The, new, the, the King James, the old King James says they were sore afraid. They were terrified with all of these angels. And, uh, uh, and they were greatly afraid, and I lost my place. Wow, it's one of those days, right? It's, it's Christmas. Where is it? Thank you. <clears throat> uh, then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which... Are all uh, to be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let's now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. For all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. For the next few minutes, just very briefly, I want to share with you heaven comes to earth. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and for you wrapping yourself in flesh, coming as a human being, suffering, dying, raising from the dead, Lord. And what all of that means for us, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the day He was born, and it's the day when heaven came to earth. It's the day when light shone in darkness, and the darkness could not stop the light. It's an amazing story. It's why we're here today. But on that night, in the natural at least, man, it sure did not look like something special. I mean, all over this planet, it looked like a common, ordinary night, like any other. And you have a humble, small beginning to an epic story. But my Bible says in Zechariah, don't despise the day of small beginnings. 
Joseph and Mary had gone to Bethlehem for a census that Caesar Augustus had ordered. And it was particularly pertinent to Joseph and Mary because one of the reasons that Caesar Augustus had called for this census was to try to identify any people who potentially could make a claim for a throne in any of the provinces of the Roman Empire. And guess what? Joseph and Mary, it says it, were of the lineage and the household of David, which was a royal bloodline. So really, they were the reason this was called. Anybody with a royal bloodline, he was trying to identify them to keep an eye on them. So here you have this census for them. Now, don't think that their bloodline was uh, uh, unnoticed. It was, for sure, because here you have an obsessed and paranoid Augustus and King Herod, who they grew up together, they were childhood friends, and they, uh, you know, eventually when Jesus is crucified, Herod makes sure he has a, a placard above his head that says, King of the Jews. So they were very aware of what all of that meant. And that census idea was confirmed by historians outside of biblical sources, Tacitus and Josephus. So when they got to Bethlehem, Mary goes into labor. Now, there's no ambulances to call. There's no 911. There are no paramedics, no hospitals, not even a midwife, not even a room in the Holiday Inn. Couldn't check their app and book some kind of room from their status, get a free room, whatever. It was, and, it, you know, it was the, the city was full. I wanted to say because it was Christmas. You know, there were a lot of people traveling, but it was, it was because of the census that was taking place. So, Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Son of God, the prophesied seed of the woman, in a stable and placed him in a manger. Verses 1 through 7, we read them, tell us this. Number one, Jesus, the remarkable one, was born in an unremarkable place. What's striking is not where Jesus was born, but where he was not born. He was not born in the temple with all of its gold and luster and all the meaning and significance. He was not born somewhere safe and sterile. He was not born somewhere comfortable and cozy like the hospital suites nowadays, right? Nowhere like that. He was not born somewhere where you would expect an important person to be born. He was born in a stable among animals that were lowing and bleating. He was born amongst feed and feces it was a messy place pomp and circumstance privilege and power are not that important to God if he would have wanted to be born among the wealthy the powerful the privileged then he would have been but wealth privilege power they're not necessary for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven he does not need all of that to change the world or even a single life. Jesus was born as a vulnerable, powerless baby into a vulnerable, even though they had a royal lineage, they were far removed from that day and time. It was a vulnerable, powerless family into which he was born. But that's all God needed to get his mission started. You don't have to have power and privilege to fulfill God's call on your life. 
You don't have to have money. You don't have to have connections. Here's all you need. A, God, and B, courage to do what he has called you to do. That's all you need. That's why Mary said, be it unto me according to your will. That's why Joseph said, oh, I get it now. Once it was explained to him why his fiance was pregnant and he got it, then he said, yes, I'm willing to sign up for this. They had courage and they had the Lord on their side. Jesus would eventually send out his disciples the same way, like sheep among wolves. That means that God sent them the way he sent Jesus. And God sends us the same way, without power, without privilege, without all that you would think is necessary to turn the world upside down. And then verses 8 through 20, we see this. This is the second point here. Shepherds were unremarkable people. So here you have unremarkable people in a lowly vocation known as shepherding. And check this out. Here's a little known fact. In the first century, in Jesus' day, a lot of the shepherding was done by what they called shepherdesses, by girls, by women. A lot of young women were the shepherds of the day. Now, we don't know if these shepherds were women or not. As a matter of fact, from all the nativity sets I've seen, they obviously were men. But they could have been, they could have been women. They could have been girls. These were the Levitical fields that were where the sheep were raised for temple sacrifices, but there were a lot of female shepherds according to historical records. The Bible mentions several female shepherds. Rachel in Genesis 29 and 9. Moses' wife, Zipporah, she was a shepherd. The young woman in the Song of Solomon, she was a shepherd. And the shepherds back in that day were at the very bottom of society. They smelled bad. Really, there, 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 there's historical evidence that, that would suggest people consider them to be smelly. And I just got to say, that's saying something back in that day. They didn't have deodorant, toothpaste. All the stuff that we have today, they didn't take baths like we do. And, and yet they all consider the shepherds to be smelly. That's something right there. Interestingly, Jesus was born in a stable with animals who smelled bad. And who were the first ones to hear about it? Shepherds familiar with the stable who probably smelt like the stable as well. The angels announced Jesus' birth to these shepherds and not to people of power. Not to the high priest, not to the governor, not to the tetrarch, not to the king, not to the Caesar, but to these lowly shepherds who were working the late shift out in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Perhaps it's because they were doing what the Lord described of himself. 23.1 of Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 103rd Psalm, 100 Psalm, 100th Psalm, verse 3. We are the sheep of his pasture. Maybe he wanted to show up to these shepherds because he himself considered himself to be a shepherd. What did these shepherds do? They said, Let us go. Let's make haste. Let's hurry up. Let's go see what they're talking about. And after they found him, they praised God. 
for all the things that they had heard and seen. It was amazing. The shepherds knew something was changing in the world. This would change everything. This would change everything. And they had been included in part of the entry of this change. They mattered. They were invited to the party. They were noticed. They were visited by angels. They were the first to hear the good news. So here we have these vulnerable, powerless shepherds coming to see a vulnerable, powerless family to what seemed to be a vulnerable, powerless Messiah at the time who had been announced by angels. And here they are. No one knows what's going on in the world except those in the stable that night. It had to be epic, right? Just amazing what was really happening in the world. And here's what I see in all of this. God has a soft spot for the vulnerable and the powerless. We are included in his plans. Come on now. The truth is God's kingdom is for anyone. Whoever wants it, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the waters of life freely. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, powerful or vulnerable, Democrat, Republican, black, white, American, Mexican, Latino, Canadian, tall, short, skinny, not skinny. It doesn't matter. You're included in the story. You're invited to the party. You've been noticed. You have value. And you have worth. And you can move beyond shame into the glory and honor of the kingdom of the living God in Jesus' name. Give God some praise for that right now. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.